Hey, Phobos, sisters, brothers, and others, I'm Jinx, and today I'm coming at you with another Paranormal Trilogy. couple good ones for you today. I'm going to add another trilogy of my own and Harper's. Um, and then we've actually had some submissions for Paranormal Trilogy. So it's actually been really cool. So without further ado, I'm just gonna kind of get into it. This is a trilogy by a good friend of mine, Julian. She was telling me about a haunted house that she lived in when she was younger, the house that she grew up in. And I had asked her if she wanted to send that in as a trilogy, and she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So here it is. The house I grew up in was old, one of the oldest in the city, existing during the Civil War, so naturally it had history. It stood out a bit in the otherwise average city block of houses. The lot itself, almost three times the size of the others, and the house, while initially it was a large house when it was built, was made bigger still when in the 1930s someone added a second story onto the top, making it tower over the whole block. So, <laughs> that sounds fun. In the 1990s, when I was born, my great-grandmother ran the house. Flower gardens ran all around the front perimeter of the property with many varieties of plants that kept it in bloom all year round. Nestled in the backyard was a small vegetable garden. All the plants were tended to by my great-grandmother every morning, and she often enlisted the help of the kids in the house to help water, feed, and weed the gardens. Every evening, she had us help in the kitchen as she cooked way too much food, enough to make sure no one went hungry, and desserts that would last for snacks the next day. The house was peaceful and welcoming to everyone who needed a place to go, even the cats. The yard was full of quote-unquote strays that got fed every morning and night and most were tamed but never allowed inside. As a kid, I didn't think much about the things going on around me. Smudging the house and leaving an untouched plate at the dinner table were just natural to me. My great-grandmother had a lot of native traditions I grew up with I never questioned. The same way children don't question a tree for Christmas or going to church on Sundays. At least until I was 10, and my great-grandmother died tragically in an accident. Rest in peace. Things started to change drastically after that. My mother took over as head of the household immediately, and I don't know if it was because she was never around before or because she never believed in my great-grandmother's rituals, but she didn't keep up with any of them. <laughs> I, don't, I, I know a bit of where this is going, and I don't like it. The untouched plate was no longer at the table. Hell, we never ate at the table. We ate fast food in the living room most nights. Full moon and new moon rituals and cleansings were abandoned, and Lord knows what else. It only took a week after the funeral for changes to really show. First, it was the garden. The gardens that were always so much in bloom all withered and died in the span of a week, despite still being watered by myself and the other kids out of habit. We wrote it off as just being the kids, not doing it right. Maybe we didn't have the touch the old lady had. And even now, that still might be the case. After a few more weeks, my mother got it in her head that there was money somewhere. 
The family had once been a bit wealthy, with having ties in all the major wars, being a founding family for the city, and even producing the first judge for the city. The money was long gone before I was even born, but my mother went on a rampage, digging through everything to find a magic box of money somewhere. That's when the closet was found. In what we considered the TV room was a small closet that was full of toys and books for the kids. We mostly didn't touch them, as most of them were old, outdated, and kind of scary looking. The back wall of this closet, in theory, should have been also the back wall of the closet in one of the bedrooms based on the layout of the house, but it was noticed that there was a significant space between the two walls. My money-hungry mother decided to break down one of the walls to find her magic box of money. This don't fuck with old houses. Ugh. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I recall not liking the idea and protesting, saying she should leave it alone. It's a memory I don't have, but I was always told I used to sit in that closet for hours as a small child and talk, either to myself or imaginary friends. I don't know, but at 10, I avoided the closet for the most part. My mother ignored my protest, and behind the wall was a small set of stairs that went nowhere. But sitting on one of the steps was a small group of very old children's toys covered in so many layers of dust and dirt, we didn't even realize what they were till my brother picked one up. Oh, why did you touch it? What? Oh, why? I, I ooh. <laughs> My mother, annoyed that no money was found, never spoke of the closet again, but my brother couldn't stop talking about it. The closet had made him obsessed with the house more and more. While mom looked for money, my brother was looking for ghosts. Meanwhile, the kids were the only ones to notice that over half of the cats that once populated the yard were gone. The ones we were closest to stayed, and I think that's why no one else cared to notice, but it's kind of hard to ignore about 30 cats turning to 7. Yeah, that's pretty hard to ignore. The last straw for us all, however, ended up being the hidden room. Okay, so look, I'm a fan of a hidden room. I would love to have a hidden room, but not like this. Like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. After my great-grandmother's death, my brother and I spent a lot of time on the roof of the garage. It was a good way to get away from our mother and relax. Her search for money was driving us both mad. It was sitting up there that my brother noticed something odd in the second floor. He hadn't done much ghost hunting on the second floor since it was the newer floor and he thought it was all downstairs. Next to the garage, upstairs was my bedroom. It was already a weird room as not only was it a step down from the rest of the second floor, but it had four windows, one on each side of the room. Two looked out into the yard, one looked into the other bedroom that was used as a storage room, and the fourth was boarded up, and I never thought much of it till my brother pointed out now that it connected to another room that had no other entrance. Our mother caught us both in my bedroom, me screaming and crying, and my brother with a crowbar, ready to find a ghost. <laughs> Once my brother explained the secret room, I was outvoted. They waited till I was at school the next day. Rude. So I don't know the state of the room when they opened it, but I do know that when I came home, the house was crooked. <laughs> Jesus. Both of my mother's fish tanks upstairs had the water lines uneven, which to a degree had always been the case. Uh, it had always been about half an inch off. 
You couldn't put marbles on the floor without them all rolling on the same side, but this level was very off. Enough so that some of the water had spilled out. Apparently inside the room was a small children's table with four small chairs, more old toys, and various dead plants. The house threatening to fall over was enough for my mother to finally have a need to leave. We all packed and got ready to leave, but of course my mother wanted to do one more comb over for money. The last place she looked was an attic above the second story. She had noticed a small window above where our door was, so she got a ladder and went to look in. When she realized she couldn't see anything and couldn't fit through the window when she opened it, she made me do it. That's fucked up. <laughs> of course, I complained. I didn't want anything else to do with this place, but I couldn't go against my brother and my mother. In the small room was chairs, about a dozen or more small children's chairs, most lined up against a wall, but a small circle of them right in the middle, and nothing else. Not long after we moved out, the entire house collapsed in on itself. I refused to even go back to the vacant lot. It's been 20 years, and every medium I've met has told me that I have something shadowing me. It's not violent, and it doesn't mean me any harm, but it is attached to me. I don't know if something from that house followed me out or if it's unrelated, and I don't know if it will ever stop being peaceful. Hot damn, girl. <laughs> I didn't read this until today. She she texted me this today, or she sent me the Google Doc today, and I was like, all right, I, just, I have to record it now. Um, and so I didn't read this beforehand, so I'm experiencing this with you, and holy fuck, that's kind of insane. It's cool. It, but it's it's also like not okay <laughs> oh boy and that's just number one of four all right moving on our next story our next trilogy is from a friend of ours uh hi kaya how are you we love you she sent us um a couple little stories that i'm gonna read for you my first memory of an actual site was when i was 16. we moved into a mobile home in sugarberry and I kept getting vibes that someone was in our room. My dog would stare down the hall too, and our cat would sleep with my sister. One day, I was listening to the birds, reading. Ginger, the dog, was chilling at the door. I saw a shadow pass by the outside of our door, and so did the dog, who started barking. I assumed it was a bird, but what was weird is after the shadow passed, I suddenly realized I didn't hear the birds either. No wind, nothing. I look outside and everything seemed to be still. The dog was still staring intensely at the door. I close the door and suddenly I see her in the hall. Like straight up see a girl. She looked bloated like waterlogged. She stood there as I looked her over. I asked what happened and she tried to respond but water came out of her mouth. Then she turned around and walked back to my room. I tell my sister and she asks, you see her too? She didn't feel like we should be scared. We did try to tell our mom, but she was like, y'all are so creative. Ugh. Parents, if a kid tells you that they're seeing somebody or they got an imaginary friend or an invisible friend, pay attention because that could actually be a spirit. Later on, I overheard her talking about the refurbished home we were in and asked her why it needed to be refurbished. She said it flooded out. Oh. <laughs> Massive damage, especially in the front, which was our goddamn room. Story two is three separate incidents. A. 
We had just moved to cottage gardens. I had the front room facing the street and my bed was against the window. Shutters closed because I decided to nap. I was listening to the wind and birds with my eyes closed when suddenly I hear two kids laughing and playing. I'm still serenely happy with a mental image of woods, sunlight, and these kids laughing until suddenly my image goes black and I hear a blood-curdling scream and crying. It was so intense I woke up screaming and cried because of a mental thought of death. Yikes. B. I had moved to a middle room and again, nap life. Mood. <laughs> I hear someone, a young girl's voice, screaming for help and banging on the front door, so I'm trying to get up and see, but I can't move. Each time I make some progress, I'd restart back in bed. I finally make it to the front door, dragging myself, and go to open the door, and I wake up for real. I check to see if maybe I slept through my sister's drop-off, but I hadn't, and there was no one around. Weird. Ooh. <laughs> See, I didn't experience it, my little sister did. I went to her bus stop to pick her up and was waiting for her. It took a while, or she decided to get off at another stop because she didn't show up. I went back to the house to see if she made it, which she did, but I had startled her. She was knocking on the door and didn't expect me to come from behind, so she asked if I went through the back to mess with her. I said, well, no. I was waiting for you at the stop. Why? She said she saw a hand on the window inside and thought I was inside but it went away before I had gotten close enough to her, so she assumed I ran to the back to scare her. She was adamant I was lying until I showed her the gate was still locked. You can't lock it from the front side. No one else was in the house, and it's usually just me until she gets home. Then it's just us until dinner. This next one takes place in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, aka Fort Lost in the Woods, Misery. <laughs> I was shot into what's called RHC a rehab center for soldiers needing more than nine weeks of training due to a multitude of reasons. Mine was a broken ankle. No, it's not all therapy and crap. You just wait until you heal or get out of the military. Anyway, my broken ankle ass had to hobble up three flights of stairs because there wasn't ever space on the lower floors. Ugh. <laughs> Half of the floor was not occupied and freaking freezing. Weird as crap for having over 20 girls on the third floor with the heat temps that rival our hurricane categories. <laughs> Still nothing compared to here, though. Anyway, I kept hearing something just... loud in my head, but I kept thinking it's all the girls, blah blah blah. When drill sergeants come by, everything shuts up, so it seemed logical. Until fire duty. This is where a member stays up for an hour making sure all is good. I saw a shadow near the other end of the entrance on the floor drinking, quote-unquote, water, then walking away. I flip and stare down at that spot ever since. I didn't see it again. At night, I would have the hardest time at lights out. That loud voice lingered. The sounds became more clear. Eventually, I saw him. I saw his bunk. I heard his crazy ass and yelled at his big blue eyes to shut the fuck up. Then it happened. I saw him again, on fire duty. He gave me a letter to send home. I could see him like he was right there. I could see his name, his rank, his neck with the red thing around it where he hung himself from his bunker, his blue eyes smiling back in appreciation. Definitely not the same loud voice, but the same face from my dreams. Holy crap, Kaya. That's some... <laughs> that's some freaky shit.
but that sucks for him. I hope he's resting in peace now. Two down. So, our father gave me a couple stories to tell, um, which are kind of interesting. He and the girl he was dating at the time liked to go ghost hunting, and so they did. They went up, I forget what the pass is called now, it's been a while, Grace Pass or something like that, in Colorado, because there are a couple um, old abandoned towns over there. And so they, you know, were walking around. It's around a very wooded area. And they were sitting around in the woods. And then all of a sudden they hear crunch, 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 like somebody's walking up to them through the leaves. Nobody was there. So, I mean, that was a moment. But he also sent me this video, and I'm going to play the audio for you. 37. In the hallway, 1037, it just started going off. Just a note, this meter was sitting on the table for roughly a minute before it started going off, and it appears to have stopped. Walk by? Are we in your way? (laughs) You're having fun. Can you make that go off again? Please? Thank you. You're bringing tears to my eyes. Wow. (laughs) So obviously a big thank you to our father for sending that. That was really cool. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the device is. I know it's on EVP because that's for voices and electromagnetic voice phenomenon. But it's something to that effect. And um, I, I like how as soon as he started talking about like about what was going on it immediately stopped uh it stopped the beeping so that was pretty interesting um so yeah that's uh that actually happened at what used to be cookies with altitude the owner sherry uh super sweet lady who used to live a couple like houses down from her on the same street i would dress up as a cookie for her i would watch her dogs i'd do all kinds of stuff for her she's super sweet i absolutely love her um but that was at Cookies with Altitude uh, off of Main Street. And I'll, I'll add a photo of Cookies with Altitude, but it's no longer there. She now owns uh, another company, um, which is awesome for her. She owns a cafe now, the Silver Llama, I believe. So, I mean, if you're ever in Leadville, Colorado, please check that out. Tell Sherry I said hi. <laughs> Just tell her I'm the cookie with Converse. She'll know what you're talking about. Uh <laughs> So that, that was a really interesting thing. Um, if I, I'll, I'll ask her and I'll, I'll try and get in contact with her and see if she can't, um, tell me a couple of the stories. Cause she has told me the stories and I remember them, but I need permission to, uh, say them before I do. But that was a really cool moment that my dad sent me and he was talking about. So that was cool. Now I have 
one more to share with you. And that is something that has happened within the last couple months. It's been very recent. So I have been on a spiritual journey. Um, It started back in June. And I have pretty much plummeted off a cliff at this point. (laughs) I've slowed down, but I'm, I need to pick back up again. And that's, that's on me. But anyway, I wanted to be more spiritual. I don't know why, but now I get it. The witch's call went out and I subconsciously responded. (laughs) So here I am. Speaking of, I will be starting a new series called The Witch's Call. So... Any witches out here, if you want to listen to that, go ahead. If you don't want to listen to that, don't listen. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. (laughs) When I have a lot to talk about when it comes to that. But on my spiritual journey, I have obviously, I've opened up to tarot and um, pendulum divination. And... One day I was at my sister's and she was telling me that sometimes her bed would shake and she's been woken up twice in the middle of the night by a woman yelling in her ear. The first time it was just a woman yelling in her ear. The second time the spirit called her name and that was weird uh, because who, you know, what spirit would know her name? And she hadn't told me about this. She told me about it once and I was like, well, somebody's trying to get your attention. She's like, no, because <laughs> she doesn't deal with the paranormal. I totally understand that. But this spirit was trying to get into contact with her. They needed to get some kind of message to her because if they were waking her up, they were trying to get a message to her. And the only time that they could do that was in the middle of the night because she has a daughter. So she's paying more attention to the physical side of things as opposed to the metaphysical side of things because she doesn't want to deal with the metaphysical side of things. So... That's where I come in. She's telling me all these things. And I'm like, excuse you, why didn't you fucking tell me? (laughs) So she tells me everything that's been going on. And I'm like, dude, somebody's trying to contact you. And all of a sudden, I feel this extremely warm energy. So I know that it's somebody connected to her. I know that it's somebody like family. And it turned out that it was her grandmother. So that was really cool. But I'm like, "This, this entity, this spirit needs to talk to you and I have a feeling it's your spirit guide and it was her I'm feeling the feelings of affirmation currently as I'm speaking this and it I love the feelings of affirmation but anyway so it was her spirit guide and her spirit guide really wanted to get a message out to her and I was like okay well let's pull some tarot do your reading now I didn't know about the shuffle thing where they just throw the cards at you. I didn't know about that. So I'm over here with a pendulum, (laughs) uh, breaking it up into several different pieces, and the moon comes out. Now, that's not everything is as it seems, and I'm like, okay. And basically, it was a message about, like, her spirit guide was telling her to submit a certain story that she's written to the agent that she was looking at. And... You know, Harper was questioning it a little bit because she's like, well, but but I, I want to do this one. And the spirit was like, no, it's this one. But you need to work on it. You need to fix it. There's more you can do, but you need to post, you need to submit this one. And, but like her gut was telling her to submit another one. So she did. So she submitted the other one. 
and she followed her gut. And I was like, well, that could have been a test from her spirit guide to say, trust your gut. Outside sources don't matter as much as your own intuition. And that's true in my experience because your intuition is your best friend. I'm still working with mine. I think my intuition needs to forgive me for ignoring it for so long. But we're working together now. So basically it's been it's been interesting. I've been able to give her a couple like that that was the first one and then we had another time where I didn't even need to use the pendulum at that point. She would just basically tell me yes or no. And the way she would tell me was I'd get tingles all over my body for affirmation and I would get nothing if it was no. I'm like, okay, that's very simple to understand. Thank you. Um, so I've been able to communicate between the two for um, a few times. So that was fun. It was a very intense experience. Um, and I, I actually enjoyed doing it. Um, that really helped me on my spiritual journey. That really gave me a good push in the right direction. Um, at least I feel it gave me a good push in the right direction. But it definitely opened up a door for me. Um, and so I have been trying to do a lot better. I've been doing more spirit readings when it comes to tarot and stuff like that, but I will get more into that in the witch's call. So thank you guys for listening. Again, if you have any trilogies you want to send us, uh, send them to sisters of the macabre podcast at gmail.com. If it's paranormal, write paranormal trilogy. That's T-R-U-E-L-O-G-Y. And, um... If it's not, just write Trilogy. I'm really excited to see what you guys come up with, see what you guys got for us. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at, uh, at I don't know why I sounded like that, <laughs> Sisters of the Macabre Podcast, Instagram at SOTM Podcast One. I got rid of the Twitter because honestly, we don't even post on it. I have not checked the Twitter but like once the entire time we've had it and we've had it for like six months now we haven't been posting for six months but i've honestly only checked the twitter like once so if you guys want us to get the twitter back that's fine but we're not on twitter currently um so yeah send us a gmail find us on instagram find us on facebook we're here for you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, let us know. Thanks, guys. We love you. Bye.